Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Elite Rugby Banter. I'm your host Adam, and as always, I'm joined by Matt. Matt, how are you? Not too bad, thanks. It's good. I'm also joined by Alex. <laughs> how are you? I'm very well, thanks, and thank you for having me on. It's absolute pleasure, as always. Ben, he's also here. How are you? Hello, I'm well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. I know you had some technical difficulties getting on, so I'm glad you sorted them out and you're here to join us. It'd be most unfortunate if you weren't here to give us your thoughts on the Canes. Yeah, but I kind of feel someone else would have would have been adequately prepared to do the Canes. Just, you know, have an inkling about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all have each other's backs covered, so... Uh, that that makes sense. So, uh, those of you out there in the Elite Universe, this is going to be the last part where we do team previews. If you also haven't been paying attention to our Super Rugby Advent Calendar, we've released so far three previews for the teams competing in this year's Super Rugby competition. I think today's was the Rebels. Uh, I don't quite know. I think the most revealing thing is the length of the different previews. The Crusaders got barely eight, nine minutes, while the Sunwolves, I think, are the longest preview at 17. So, Matt, good job in making the Sunwolves thus um, far the longest preview. I, I think that's a shining testament to my dedication to researching, which will shine through on the Jaguars today. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm very I, excited. I, I thought his length came from more us just ribbing him about not noticing the, the news about Lappies. Which is also yeah. very likely. Yeah, and using office resources to print out-of-date team information. I think that, that was the most relevant fact that came forward for me. <laughs> So, uh, I'm doing the Highlanders, uh, I think as we just discussed, off-air or on-air. Matt, you've got the Yagiades, I'm looking forward to, your, you said, your 40-minute soliloquy about Augustin Creevy. Uh, the Canes, that's Ben's, that's your job, and Alex, you've got the Chiefs. So, uh, gentlemen, who, who should we start off, off with? Um, and we're going to go through all the previews first, and then we could just chat about a little bit of news. Suppose you Oaks watched a bit of Six Nations, I didn't, and we finally got rid of Tutti. So we can discuss that at the end. So let, let, let's start with the previews. Uh, let's start with the Chiefs. I think they're going to be pretty interesting. So Alex, um, you missed your opportunity with the mm. Brumbies for truly outstanding analysis when it came to the Brumbies yeah. because the episode was deleted, as we mentioned before. <laughs> so, yes. so this is your chance for redemption. So can you please tell us about the Chiefs? Right. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Right. Yeah. Let me let me get going with the Chiefs. So Adam, you described the Chiefs as very interesting. And I think I'd definitely agree with that. If I had to use one word to describe the Chiefs, it would be interesting. And not just this year, but actually every year. For me, they've always been probably the most interesting of the New Zealand sides. And the main reason for that, I think, is because they've always found a way to be greater than the sum of their parts. They don't have a lot of sort of huge names. They don't have, they're not like loaded with all blacks all the way from 1 to 15. I mean, we, we can talk about the Canes later on in this episode. I mean, you can fucking throw a dart at the Canes and you'll hit a, an all-black. <laughs> Whereas with the the Chiefs, you know, yeah, okay, so they've got guys like Brady Retallick um, and obviously like Damien McKenzie, who's a rising star. But they've also just like got so many like no-name guys in the lineup in, in the greater squad. And um, guys who've been around for a long time, like sort of the journeyman, and even a guy like Liam Messon, you know, like he's not the most, he's not the flashiest player. But somehow, like, he always manages to pull out these really big performances when it matters the most. And I think that's what's so great about the Chiefs is that they just build off each other and they they always seem to punch above their weight a little bit. So they, they kind of actually remind me of the Lions pre 
I guess, 2015, where they had a lot of guys who were up and coming and who are now Springboks, but at the time, very few people kind of heard of. So with that out the way, um, let me just run through the key transfers. They actually seem to have lost a lot more players than they brought in. I'll go from the, the top of the, of the sheet. The big transfer for me, because he's one of my all-time favorite fantasy players. I don't know why. He's not good. I just like having him. Um, and it's Hicke, Hicke Elliott. Um, I feel like he's always been there when I've been playing fantasy. Like He's just my go-to reserve hooker. Um, so I, I'm yeah, certainly going to... He scores quite well in fantasy. He's, he's decent. Yeah, he top, top five. No, I, don't, I don't think he's that, in the top five. No, I don't really think so. Is. He is. He's there bench, but he started at the beginning of most of the last season, and he did, yeah, well, he was also my reserve hooker, and I think sort of yeah. week three, he shifted on to being starting hooker for me. Really? Okay. Stayed there for quite a while. Sorry, sorry, Hickey, if you're listening, I'm sorry I, I undersold you to the, the rest of the audience. Um, but okay, so Hickey's finally packed it in, and he's, he's going to retire in France and earn a bit more of a paycheck, which is fair enough. Then um, Tom Sanders, who's quite an up-and-comer in the loose forwards, he's gone off to the Crusaders, which is quite interesting because they're actually pretty stacked um, mm. in the loose forward department. They've got a lot of guys coming up like Peter Samu who he's going to have to fight it out with. Um, and similarly in the loose forward department, Michael Leach, as we discussed uh, last week, I think, um, he's now with the Sunwolves in his sort of home country. So those are two relatively big losses, I would say. Um one of the biggest losses, well, I'll, I'll speak about, actually, there's, there are quite a few big losses, but uh, Tuera Kobalo, yeah. he's packed it in, and he's also in France, um, as is Aaron Cruden, he's, he's with Montpellier, so that's their starting halfback combination, just gone, just like that, which is obviously a huge hit. Then the other player that's gone that's obviously going to be missed in a big way is James Lowe, who's probably one of the biggest talents that New Zealand has lost since Charles Pietar. No, like he's he's really... I mean, it's a testament to how good the All Blacks are that he couldn't get a look in. But, I mean, I think when you had his point and he was doing so well and Rico was still picked ahead of him, you know, I think it was the logical thing for him to do to give it a go overseas. So James Lowe is very much going to be missed. Then, yeah, the final change in the roster um, is in the team management. So Dave Rennie, I mean, he's been there for a number of years now and he's finally gone to the Northern Hemisphere. And he's been replaced by Colin Cooper, who is quite a journeyman. He's been around for a very long time in and about the coaching scene. He coached the Canes for a long time in the, I think just like in the 2000s. I'm not sure exactly when. And he's also done stints with Junior All Blacks and um, Maori All Blacks. So, you know, it's not like a new up and coming coach. This guy knows what he's doing. And I think that's going to be very interesting to see how his influence changes the way the Chiefs turn out and how they perform. Right. Then onto the, the end column. No major influx of players, really. Like, no huge names. The biggest names on the list are probably Tian Falcon, who's come from... He was at the Cairns, wasn't he? Um, no, he's, he was... But he's New Zealand under 20. He was a bit of a wunderkind in the World Cup, in the little... Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And so, it's going to be interesting. I see he, he played in there um, pre-season a couple of days ago. Um, and kicked, he was kicking for them. So that's one option for them at fly half. I'll get to that just now. And then the other uh, new signing, Tetoira Tahura Rangi, Triple T. There's got pronunciation, So TTT is their new scrum half that they got in to replace Finley Christie and Tawira Kobalo. And that's actually a marvelous piece of business for them because 
he is also he was also age level star. Uh, I don't I don't think he's going to get too much game time because Brad Webb is back from injury. Yeah. Um, and, but but still, like he's he's a great guy to have coming through the ranks. Um, and then they also signed Marty McKenzie, Damien's brother. Uh, so the brothers are reunited. So yeah, that's the the change of staff. Key players. I mentioned earlier, like they don't have a whole lot to go on in terms of All Black or star power, but they've got the likes of Brody, Retallick, um, him staying fit's going to be quite crucial to their forward pack. Liam Messam, not the best player in the competition, but one of the best leaders, I think, and hugely respected. So he adds more than just his skill with the rugby ball. Uh, obviously, Damien McKenzie, everyone's going to be looking out for what position he takes this year. Obviously, primary position at uh, high school and age group level was fly half, but he's been pushed out to full back by Aaron Cruden lately. Now that's opened up for him, so it would be interesting to see whether he turns out for them in the number 10 or the number 15. Um, he is still being sold as, a, as an outside back on Fox Sports, though, unfortunately. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, like you could kind of pick out of the backs. Uh, not sure who's going to have the biggest impact this season, but they'll look to Anthony Brown and Charlie Naitai is the probable centre combination. Um, and those guys could really nail down the midfield for them and just be a good cornerstone for their attack. And, yeah, uh, weaknesses. The depth, I think, is a little bit of concern for them. I mentioned just now they had a lot of players going out, not so many coming in, and especially in key positions. So if Weber goes down with another big injury and you've got Triple T coming in, he's, he's quite a rookie. And similarly, if they have to turn to Damien McKenzie at fly half, it's not the position he's been playing in lately. And if he gets injured, then they're in a lot of trouble because they've got the rookie uh, Falcon or maybe Marty McKenzie. So that could be a bit of an issue for them. Um, but uh, a little bit of light at the tunnel. They've got a lot of good uh, young, uh, youngsters, especially in the outside backs. So they've got guys like Sean Stevenson. They've got uh, Tony Pulu, who is alleged to be the fastest rugby player in New Zealand. I don't know if that's true anymore. Hmm. Um, and a couple of other guys, Sam McNichol, also very handy to lead back. Um, and of course, Tim Nanai Williams, one of Ben's favorites. Um, oh, he's got so a good goosey, Tim. He's got a great goosey, man. And uh, yeah, Sonny Bill's cousin, so he's got the genes, comes in the family, and yeah, could play pretty much anywhere from, he could probably play Flav, to be honest. He could probably play anywhere from 10 to 15 if he wanted to. So they've got a lot of those kinds of players. I mean, predicting their starting lineup is going to be a bit difficult, I think, in the back line. But yeah, that's it. That's my rundown on the Chiefs. So um, you guys are welcome to give your predictions for where they're going to place, and then I'll come last if that's okay. I'm just interested to see how Damien McKenzie shifts to 10 properly. I know when he was shifted to 10 a couple of times last season, he wasn't as effective with ball in hand as evidenced by his performance in fantasy rugby. Whenever he got shifted to 10 or was rotating with Aaron Cruden, who joined the line, um, often from defense, yeah. his fantasy point output dropped dramatically. And I think that's the ultimate measure of yeah. any player's contribution in a game of rugby. He is class. I just wonder <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder who's, who's going to play. I know Sam McNichol. I know he had some concussion issues last year. But as you mentioned, they've got loads of depth. In the back with Tim, actually yeah. probably Tim Nana Williams is maybe a good choice at 15, but more experienced. I just kind of wonder if he'll yeah. be more as effective. Yeah, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna go ahead and disagree with you, Adam. I think the Chiefs benefited from his stints at 10, mm. so it was better rugby for the Chiefs with him. 
but obviously, like, as you said, like he wasn't doing as much of his own work for, yes. for fantasy points. Yeah, that's, so that's I think it would be points. good for the team. And okay. The likely, the likely backline that I'm expecting is, I guess, Weber, McKenzie, Leonard Brown, Nightire, and then a back three probably of, of Tony Pulu, Sean Stevenson, and Tim Nanai Williams. Uh, um, and, unless they want to, they think it's too risky with two relatively inexperienced wingers, and they have Nanai Williams on the right wing. And then possibly, I don't know. You, I think you were saying earlier in the week that mm-hmm. there was a chance of Charlie Knight type playing fullback. Um, otherwise, Sean Stevenson fullback or Sam McNichol. I'll be good um, for fantasy yeah. if they still sell him as a centre and he's playing fullback. I'll I'll appreciate that. Uh, I've emailed fantasy yeah. about about these dodgy positions, but the Aussies don't seem to give much tack <laughs> to anybody but the Aussie players. But prediction, it's. I think the Hurricanes will finish above them. You make a very good point about depth. I'm just worried. A couple of key in- injuries, and they're going to be a little bit in trouble. Look, able, all the youngsters that New Zealand continues to produce will probably step up and, and be amazing and like match it up and do fine. But Canes will be better than them. Crusaders will be better than them. I don't know. Even the Blues. Oof, it's tough. Really? Oh, I, I've already said... I, no, I, well, on, on their day. Um, I've already said the Blues will finish mm. fifth. So I'm probably going to say... Mm third, probably third, behind the Hurricanes and the Crusaders. Okay, above the Landers. Okay. Anyone else? Ben, what, what do you got for yeah. us? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say fourth, because it's, it, sounds a bit, it sounds a bit weird, especially talking about New Zealand, a New Zealand team, but I think they, they may be, like, I, I think too much uh, pressure is being put on Damien McKenzie as, like, the star man, because mm. he's going to be, he's going to be a very marked man. Oh, yeah. This is, so, I, I think if he gets sort of blunted a bit, neutralized a bit. I think they're gonna they're gonna battle for a bit of penetration. So I'm actually gonna say fourth, because just it, between them and the Highlanders, I'd say the Highlanders are a bit more settled than actually looking at that. They just lost their centre pairing, but I guess we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, but I, I would I would say the Highlanders are a bit more a bit more settled than them in key positions. So yeah, I would say I would say fourth for the Chiefs, which is ridiculous. Like now I hear myself is, saying yeah. it, but yeah, the New Zealand. I mean, these these are the guys who went back to back with the competition not so long ago. You know, it's crazy. But and, yeah, and they've got a lot like, of the same players that they had back then as well. If you don't like evolve, you're just nothing anymore, especially in that conference. You have to constantly be like turning out superstars. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels weird naming any New Zealand team finishing second last last. In anything in the whole competition, yeah. it does feel weird. Uh, Matt, where where do you think the Chiefs are going to finish? Um, put a bit of thought into it, and I'm going to have to find myself agreeing with Ben on this one. I think I think they're going to come fourth because Damien, yeah, Damien, I think is going to have too much weight on his shoulders. And to quote my mother's favorite conspiracy theory. James Lowe, she says, blocked for Damien constantly at 15, and now he's shifting to 10, and James Lowe is not going to be there. So I'm going to say, based on my mother's conspiracy theory, they're going to come down to fourth. Is your mother a proper analyst? Why do I get the feeling we've got the second, the second best uh, analyst <laughs> in the Lemon family on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Look, look, all my rugby knowledge comes from my mother. Most of my fantasy picks are based on, Mom, what should I trade in? What should I trade out this week? Uh, put put her in. Put her in the draft. I want to yeah. see her. 
She just gives me gut calls. She's she's just based on gut feeling. She's so, like, oh, I like the look of him over the week. Not really, actually. <laughs> look, unless, unless you're playing by pure figures, pure money ball, but yeah, otherwise it's just gut, gut calls. I, I'm the biggest passion player ever. Ben, he's been injured for six weeks. He's just had shoulder surgery. I, 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 I like what he does to my team. He's inspiring the point of keeping him in. Yeah, like you pick your Leofano because he has leukemia. He'll inspire everybody from the bench. He did inspire everyone from the bench. It was inspirational. Uh, you pick up players if you like, up agree the with their politics or something. <laughs> All right, so um, unfortunately, I, I, my plan of going last backfired. Thought you guys were going to talk up the Chiefs a bit more, but I was also going to say they were going to come forth. Wait, I want to register that. All you guys said yeah. fourth. I'm thinking third. I'm just making sure. Thinking third, yeah. Where is it? It's there. Yeah, that's uh, fine. But, out of curiosity, uh, where did they finish last year? I think we should know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's we, they, they were, I'm pretty sure they were third because the Highlanders did not have a good season. They had yeah, the Highlanders exploded. But, yeah, okay, so, so let, let me just explain my reasoning a little bit because it's similar to what you guys said. I don't think that McKenzie's going to crumble under the pressure. I think he's got quite a, a solid head on his shoulders. And I think he's actually going to be very effective for them at 10. But I think he's going to get injured. I think that he, like, one of the main reasons he's been so untouchable, uh, or he's been so, so good for fantasy, is because he just never gets injured. Like, he he never goes down with anything. He's never even out for a week or, or anything yeah, like that. Did he play but the, for the reason, minute last season or something? It's something stupid like that. Like, and they, they almost oh, never took him off either, right? Was it the so season that, before something that he, yeah, he was, played? He played literally like a thousand, a thousand four hundred minutes or whatever the, yeah. the multiplication is. Yeah, was like, that's the thing, right? Because he, he, I mean, also the reason he's so good at fantasy is, as as we all know, <laughs> he's just so fucking elusive, right? So they can just yeah. they never bloody touch him, and that's the thing. Like he does extremely well. He never gets injured because they they can't even grab him. They can't even get a hold of him. That changes now because he doesn't have the same space that, to work with that he had at fullback. Hmm. And like Ben said, he's gonna be a mark, he's gonna be a marked man, and he's gonna have oaks like fucking Scott Barrett and you know Jerome Kino heading straight into his channel, hmm. and he's not a big guy. Like I I give him this is obviously a big shot because it's gonna play into fantasy things, but <laughs> I give him maybe five or six weeks before he gets injured, and I think that that after that point they're stuck with probably Tian Falcon at ten, and then you all of a sudden looking at a very very inexperienced backline. And if Naitai goes down with percussion symptoms mm. again... Like he always does. Screwed. Fucking yeah. Naitai is like this... Oh, he just teases me. It's true. Yeah. Uh, just to quickly answer the trivia question of where the Chiefs finished last year, they finished third in the New Zealand Conference, where yeah. third was winning 12, drawing one and losing two, they came third. Let, let's move on to, I think, the highlight. The, the team that we've all been waiting to hear about in this podcast. The Highlanders. No, no, I was going to say the Yagiades, Matt, since you said you, you smashed the research. <laughs> so I'm interested to hear what, what you can tell us. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Some of the some of the biggest losses to the Yaguares was essentially, by the looks of it, they've lost five props. Four of them went overseas wow. to Europe, and one popped off back home. So one... And then, is, is, Garcia, is Garcia Bada still there? Garcia Bada, I think, is still... Okay. No, he's still that's there. All I need, I yeah, that's, all, that's all I need to know. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, Garcia. So, the, yeah. Um, their current props are Felipe Argai, uh, Garcia. Yeah, I'm going to run the ones that aren't marked in training group. So, Argai, Garcia Bata, Pierito, and Chaparra. You need which, more props than that, mate. 
Yo, that's the ones I've got on my list, so unless you're yeah, pulling I, a different... I, 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 see, I see four props, so they just have enough for a team, one industry, and they have to pull out of Super Rugby, which, which I'm not opposed to. I, I think they should walk. Ben, don't worry, though, because they've got four props labeled training group. So they've got depth at prop. Just half of them are apparently still at school. <laughs> you know, fucking nine-year-olds packing down. <laughs> They'll be a... fine. they got that Argentinian beef, man. They're probably already going bald as well. I don't think they're as scrambling as they used to be. They used to be like Argentina used to never go backwards. Now they get mangled from time to time in the scrum. Yeah, no, they've definitely slacked in the scrums. Uh, Hookers, they've lost no one. Unless I've heard a rumor that Augustine Creevy is having a bit of a rest season or something. That's a lie, right? Uh, I haven't seen anything about that. They've taken away his captaincy. Oh, shit. He's not captain for the articulate's going to be captain, so I think but there's something to be read into that. He's the only one who can speak English, though, so he, they're going to struggle to communicate with the refs. Oh, but it's okay. The Australian yeah. refs don't really speak English either. Yeah, yeah, and it's all facade anyway. They all can speak English. They're just kind of like, what? Sorry, I don't understand you, and they do. So it's <laughs> it's all part of conspiracy. So, yeah. Anyway. And then, yeah, so they pulled in that hooker. Also, pulled sorry, in... sorry, just yeah. on, the, on that point, just remember, they got Thomas Kubeli back from the Brumbies. And he was yeah, there on that's... a secret English. He was there on a secret English learning mis- uh, mission. So no, no, fair enough. That's why they. Uh, so they they got that covered. Ben, don't worry. Yeah, I think the only the only big signing, so to speak, is most probably Cabelli. Uh, Everyone else seems to be young guys pulled up from various clubs inside Argentina, and it's not too many to speak of besides covering the massive player exodus at prop. Uh, number eight, they've lost Portillo. That counts for much for anyone's life. And then, yeah, Cabelli uh, signed in. And I think change at coach is most probably the, the biggest sort of change. Oh, the wait, sorry. They've lost Cordero and Montero at wing, mm. which is two of their better performing backline players on occasion. Yeah. Especially Cordero. And, yeah. yeah he was change at, in fantasy, actually. Huh? Cordero, he used to score quite well in fantasy. Yeah, yeah no, you do. That's what I'm saying. Cadera and Monteros also, every now and then he had a good game, but most of the time he was playing a bit cold. And then, yeah, they've got uh, Ledissima back from Australia as well. So another, maybe another English English course. Uh, Ledissima back from Australia as their coach. Ford's coach. Ford's coach for Australia. And before that, I'd like, if you go to his page, he, 2015, he spent a a season at the Waratahs as coach observer. What? That sounds so dodgy. <laughs> Was he like in the bushes or something? Maybe Checker just sort of hired him and told him, go stand there. <laughs> Learn how to coach. Because it's not even his first gig as coaching because 2011, 2012, he was forward coach at Stade of France. 12 to 14, he was sports coach at Montpellier. Then he arrives at Australia and coach observer <laughs> no. for a season. Coach observer. I mean, that sounds like he. That sounds like he was hired to keep Checker under control. Yeah, because I mean, it's the same time he started Ford's coach in at Australia. So maybe they just had to have him on a dual. Yeah, like you had to handle. You had to handle Checker's temper. Yeah, maybe so. he was. Learn, maybe he was genuinely learning learning the language though. Like it's possible. It's possible, I mean, but he, yeah, I suppose he would have been coaching French at the time. Yeah, yeah, so he Spanish, French, and then he had to pick up English before he could. Maybe. Um, 
Yeah, I, and going back to Ben, what you said about the Jaguar sort of not going a bit backwards in the scrums. Maybe he's the ray of sunshine that they need because as far as, I've, as far as I remember correctly, the Aussies have always been shit at scrums, but for the last sort of two, three years under his tutelage, they've actually looked a lot better. So maybe he brings it back to Argentina as well. So, so, so what, what we're saying is Argentina wasn't good at scrumming. They just had one guy who knew what he was doing and he used to coach them and then he left. And now he's back. No, he's never coached Argentina. He's never coached in Argentina. He's oh, no, only no, ever maybe, he had, maybe he had like a YouTube channel or something. Oh, no, wait. No, no, no. I, I should you know. The day, <laughs> the day he retired playing for the Argentinian national side for the Pumas is when he started coaching Stade Francais. Oh, God. Blood thickens. Yeah. Fuck, at least at least give yourself a month to like, I don't know, go on a bit of holiday or something. Like it must probably took a month or two. I'm just reading it broadly. Two thousand eleven he retired from the national team. Two thousand eleven he started coaching Stade Francais. Wow. Uh, huh. But the, I actually I actually have a bit of a because cause South Africa does it all the time. Like we just think that someone having played rugby is just, there you go, you qualify to coach, like, the national team, a professional rugby team. It's like, fucking hell, even if you played rugby, you should at least start at, uh, like, at least a university level, I would say, at, like, the highest level you should start at before. Because guys like, yeah. you know, like, Victor Matfield or whatever, you like, mm, you must be a great coach. Turns out he's a fucking shit coach, like... I don't know. There's an irritating mentality that playing and coaching are the same thing when it's not. Like obviously it helps to have played, but it's just yeah, I don't know. a little bit. But yeah, let's see. He wasn't even playing for Stade Francais. He was playing for Clermont before he started coaching at Stade Francais. Oh, okay. So there's no yeah. Also an ex-hooker. So at least we can we can sort of see what Creevy's looking gonna look. Creevy's career is going to look like for the next sort of five to ten years. Okay, well, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, then I, my other part of my research, my plan was obviously, as I've mentioned once or twice before, just scrap the whole old Jaguars team and then research clone, research cloning Creevy 22 more times. So you've got a full squad of just Creevy. Yeah, that'll be pretty effective. <laughs> have, you got, have you got any progress for us on that? I've spoken to a geneticist on Friday evening over a beer or two, and she says, chances are good I'm not going to see that team in my lifetime. Oh, no. Well, yeah, we could. Well, no, but is, say, is that, say they clone Creevy today. They have, to wait, they have to wait at what age was Creevy. Say he's got to be like 20 before the whole team of Creevy kicks in. Let's so, see. Yeah, uh, so, so say 2040, we could see a team of Creevy. Is it, is it something specific to Creevy that makes him difficult to clone? Like, or, or it's, probably, it it's probably difficult to get the needle in, in to penetrate his skin to draw the blood needed. It's true. Yeah. yeah. He's made of iron. Yeah, they'll, they'll, need, they'll need like a kryptonite needle or whatever. Or maybe he'll use his own eye beams to cut himself. But, I mean, surely, surely it, would be, it, would, it would behoove us to at least get a sample of his DNA now and then be patient until the technology catches up with our plans. And yeah, then we can put this into action in 20 years' time, maybe. By the looks of it, if my maths is right, Creevy made his debut for the Pumas at the age of 20. And he's been playing for them since 2005. 
Of course I knew that. That was just, I know, I know what age creepy peaked at, guys. Come on. <laughs> peaked, I'm sorry. Peaked. <laughs> Man uh, is still on ascension. Creevy is also yeah. the, the king of <laughs> the sneaky offload. He's got more better yeah, hand skills than like most of South Africa's backline. Like you don't, like, you saw him. I think it was against the Lions last year at his park. He's running along out of nowhere. You don't even know where the ball is. It just pops out. You know, like yeah. the jackal stealing an egg. It just pops out and suddenly goes left or he right. Does. Mad. He, he, has very, he has he has very long limbs for a hooker. Yeah. 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 As I mentioned that pub trivia last week while I was busy researching that I came across. Is that uh, at where was Creevy's club? At Montpellier, they called Creevy, or he, the fans at least, called him Sunny Bill Creevy because of his <laughs> offload tendencies. So where? Yeah. T- tell me, Matt, where are they going to finish in the the arguably oh, one of the, the South African conference? I was going to say it's one of the weaker ones, but it's South African rugby is different from after Friday, so I won't say that. So where where are they <laughs> where are they going to where are they going to finish? Uh, from his, I just like them because they're fun every now and then, but generally True. they cuck. So, uh, they're gonna they're gonna finish above the cheaters. <laughs> no, that, that's like saying so, so. ten times zero. It gives you. Adam, relax. <laughs> I said first. Relax. Oh, yo, before you had your aneurysm, I did say first. <laughs> Fine. Well, uh, yeah, fifth. The end. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's fifth. They, they are going to finish fifth. That's it. They're cuck. Yeah, ben, are they cuck? Yeah. As you guys might have noticed, I have no fucking time for Argentina or the Jaguars. So, uh, yeah, fifth. But but can, can I just mention something? That their home games are a lot easier for them because it's it's a one-off home game. It's on a stu- I never even watch them play at home because it's like three in the morning here in Mauritius. Uh, but... Um, it's their home games are also their fields are the wrong fucking size, <laughs> but oh, they play on those uh, like weird soccer size ones. Yeah, yeah, okay. Their home games are they they shit to it's a shit place to tour. Uh, maybe I don't know, maybe the food's really nice or whatever. But just in terms of the time zone and it's a one-off game, blah blah blah. So and I think there's going to be an increasing trend. Remember, like the Lions did oh, last year. Dude, where they... Wasn't the previous year the worst idea though? Well, yeah, they the... gave up. Uh, that that ship sailed, bro. That's water under the bridge. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> he did. The I'm right not. Thing. I'm not on the Lions. I'm just saying. It's, <laughs> no, like, no, it's only no. going to happen at the end, at the end of the season. Like the Lions have done it. Like yeah. I don't think anyone's going to risk giving up points midway through the season when they yeah. don't know what the story is. Yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Okay, well, I, I don't, I don't know because it's as we've said before, it's a, it's a game of attrition. So if teams are sending their sort of their B teams there, no, but you know what? I fucking hate them, and they're gonna come fifth, and they should just leave Cooper. <laughs> okay, there you have it. So Ben's yeah, rap. So we all agree. Is, um, I'm just, I'm just defying my own logic. I hate these people so much. Ben, I'm letting, I'm letting the heart rule the Ben was building a case, and yeah. then just pissed on so, that. So your fight. one liner is fuck the Aguilaras. They, they're gonna finish last. Is last seemingly possible, and I wish they weren't even in the competition. So there you have it, folks. That's the bottom line. They will be they will be above the cheaters, though, Alex. Uh, Adam, don't forget. Yeah, fine. They'll finish above the cheaters. But uh, and you, the know, kings. You, you know who is going to finish above the cheaters as well, and the Yagiatas, the Highlanders. Guys. The Kings. The, no, the Kings. Well, Rudy Page might go to the Kings. That's the rumor after Mitchell cut him. But that, that's a whole different story. But the Highlanders, guys, that's where it's at. Because especially because I researched the wrong team, so I've had to get get up to speed. 
on the Highlanders. So I'm just going to dive straight into, into it, unless there are any objections. No, no, go no, for no, it. Jeez, no, oh, like, deafening silence. You get a pin drop. So I genuinely thought we were going to object. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the Highlanders... We were going to surprise you. Yeah, well, the Highlanders, they finished fourth last year in the in the New Zealand Conference, the second last with 11 wins from 15 games. I mean, that's, that's how stuffed up the Super Rugby world is. From a transfers, ins and outs point of view, uh, I know Levin Superwanga, he's going to be leaving at the end of the season, so that's going to be a major blow, but he's still around, so I think he'll play top-notch rugby because it'll be a swung song season, so he's aiming to make a big impact. I think the biggest change is happening in the backroom staff where Aaron Major, he's taken over the coaching duties from uh, Tony Brown, who's gone over to assist our, our man in Japan, uh, Jamie Joseph. Uh, and Aaron Major, he his last coaching stint was from the Leicester Tigers where he, I think he was named to be coach in January. By March, he got sacked, but I mean, that might be an issue with the Leicester Tigers, when coaches go back to New Zealand, that seems to be a lot better. But in terms of losses, just having a quick squiz here, Malachi Fekatoa, I think that's probably the biggest one. He's gone to Toulon, and I think one of the most underrated wings in New Zealand, Patrick Osborne, he, he's gone to, he's headed off to yeah, okay. Japan. Uh, Marty Banks, he's also a very reliable kicker, a bit of a loss to him. He's gone to Benetton. Hayden Parker, also a bit of a journeyman, mm. he's, he's headed over to the Sunwolves. And having a look here, they've lost Shane Christie, but I don't know if it's just a Tasman, but he also had injury issues last year. I think he was sick, if, I, if, I, if I'm correct, for all of last season. It was, it was a little bit weird, actually. He, it's like yeah, Japan would have picked him. I think, <laughs> um, I think for some reason, like I, I seem to remember it was undisclosed. Like His oh. illness was undisclosed. They just oh. said he wasn't available or so like there were health reasons. Uh, a little bit maybe weird. He, maybe he had an STD or something. I was going to say that yeah. Yeah, if it's undisclosed, it's... Maybe yeah. he had those weird fucking blood, those blood clots that PSP's had for 2007 World Cup. Oh, you mean the... Oh, the you, mean, you, you mean steroids? Uh, no, 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 not steroids. Uh, Stero- steroid rises. It, it was blood clots, guys. Come on. Yeah, we're not saying that PSP's was on steroids at that period. Joe Wheeler, I think that's actually a bit of a lock. He was already... He was also gonna... he was a decent player. Yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah. squad player. He, he's also gone. But they've gotten in some guy I'm quite excited about, Tyrell Lomax, the Rebels prop. Mm. He's quality. I know the Aussies are sniffing around to try to get him capped. I'm not quite sure if they did. But he's now back in his unit oh. side of things. And apparently a guy to watch, let me just see here, Shannon Fritzel. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, Shannon Fr- Frizzell, pardon me. He uh, performed very well, supposedly, under underage level. But he has the tough job of trying to break into a, a strong area for the Highlanders at the loose forwards. But he's got guys like Luke Whitelock, James Denkies, Dan Pryor, and Delahunt, all very good players. And Liam, Liam Squire, Elliot Dixon, all in front of him in the queue. But he's supposedly, uh, well, Paul Cully, who's quite a knowledgeable scribe from New Zealand and Australia, ABC, and who I read quite a lot, he suggests he is one to watch. Uh, but overall, looking at looking at the squad, I think the, the fact Fekatoa has gone is, a, I know he was serviceable at the centres last year. I don't know. He, he, he was solid, very, very solid. But he still needs to be replaced. And uh, they've got Matt Fats, who's a, a great utility squad player. He can play anywhere from 12 to 15, pretty much. But then you've got guys like Rom Thompson, Sio um, Tompkinson, Thomas Umunga Jensen, and uh, Tuirangi Walton. It's quite a young centre partnership, so I think they might be a little bit weak there um, in midfield. So teams might target that. On the outside backs, you've got Klaas. Uh, well, oh, sure, but they've got Richard Buckman, the Barracuda. He also yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Where do you think he's going to turn out this year? Uh, no, New Zealand, I'd maybe guess at 12, perhaps, but I mean, okay. I don't really know much about Major, but 
As a second, as a second option at 12, uh, good decision maker experience, fantastic boot, which we all know about. He might play there, but I mean, Wazaki Nohoro, world class. Tavita Lee, very, very, very good player. And uh, obviously, the world class, one of my favorites, a real Porsche of a player. My, my man crush from two, three years ago. I kind of drop man crushes every year from Fantasy Super Rugby. Ben Smith, head and shoulders, top two or three uh, fullbacks in the world. I think overall, if you take his sure. overall skill set, he's probably a little bit better than Israel Folau just due to his kicking. Being in, in, if you're English and you say Mike Brown's better, you're wrong. So that's, that's just uh, the truth. I, I, think, I think Rob Carney's better. Rob Carney? Uh, he's very but, good. But, also, but, but do, do you know why I like Ben Smith, also one of my favorite players? Yeah. is because he looks like an accountant. <laughs> he just looks like a normal guy. Like you could walk that's past true. him on the street. And anyone, if someone stopped you and said he plays professional sport, you would say fuck off. Like, yeah. what, what do you know? Like, just like he's in the Lutyaga school of looking like a professional athlete. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. He could be. You know his nickname. Player. Yes. You, you know his nickname in the squad. Barney. No, his, nick, his nickname in the squad is Ben from Accounts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call him. Like, they, they talk about him as Ben Ben from Accounts. Are you be, are you being serious? hundred percent, dude. That's what they call him. Like, That's complete they sense. joke about it. Probably runs his own business. But, but he's just class. Yeah. The definition of a class footballer. So, uh, overall, uh, looking at... Uh, sorry, I, I forgot to mention the world's best nine still uh, in Aaron Smith. He's world-class. He keeps him ticking. As long as Smith stays fit and he's on form, uh, even though they're a little bit weak at the centres, I think the rest of their pack, even at lock, they're a little bit weak at lock. Uh, they've, got work, they've got workhorses like Alex Ainsley, Tom Franklin, Josh Dixon... They don't really have a lot of... I know the Highlanders are a team that lack star power, but their locks this year are even worse uh, than normal. But they might get a guy like Perry, Perry Parkinson. Maybe he's a bit of a youngster up and coming. So... PPP. Triple P. So just a lock and sense, I'm a little bit concerned. But overall, they... Every year... I think also I've been told that... I haven't been to Dunedin and Metamines live there, but it's very much a university town. And the sense of community there is apparently super strong, which is one of the reasons why the team, like over a lunch break, they can go home, chow, come back, while the Blues, supposedly in Auckland, they all have to like stay at training camp a whole day. That's why they say there's always an issue of trying to build teams for purposes, almost like a job or something. So the Highlanders, uh, they, they're, going to be, they're going to be as competitive as always. They're overall, they're going to be very good. And, well, I know I picked the Chiefs for third. So probably fourth? Well, I have to, I have to say fourth. But they're still, going to, win, to, yeah. they're still going to win more games. Then, uh, they're going to win. They're going to win like thirteen games and come fourth. So yeah, that's it for the Highlanders. I don't know what thoughts and yokes have about where they're going to finish. Well, we also kind of locked in based on our previous punt. So I think I would guess we're all going to call them coming in third. Yeah. For lack of. Yeah. I mean, so uh, the way way I see it, like the only reason they were fourth last year was because Sopo Anga was injured, and I think you know odds of that happening again are generally quite slim. So. I'm calling him to stay fit, and like I said earlier, McKenzie to get injured this year. So, just on that basis alone, they'll flip around. This arbitrary. This guy will get injured. He, he... Arbitrary, Ben. I've done the maths. <laughs> so, sorry, Alex. I forgot your your massive board at home with a piece of string connecting him. Alex is Alex is <laughs> Alex is paid a guy. Ben, Damien McKenzie's brake lines have been cut as we speak. <laughs> Gotta go down in the sixth, the sixth round, guys. Remember, sixth round. <laughs> down in the sixth. Uh, you, you, must to, you must be able to bet on that, like when, when guys are going to get injured during Super I'm Rugby. Sh- huh? I'm sure their bookies in the UK will take your money on that. Yeah. <laughs> or Dubai. Okay, in- so, 
so Zadox, uh, due to the string on the giant on the giant whiteboard in Cape Town <laughs> at Alex's place, you're reckoning that the Highlanders are going to finish well due to what's the word by default third. Uh, they're going to beat. Sorry. They're also going to beat the Chiefs because I have a slight bias for the Islanders. They've always been my sort of favorite side to cheer for, at least. In yeah, New Zealand. The, the student section's called the Zoo. That's probably why you dig them. No, no, I I have a lot of time for the Highlanders. Actually, they used to have oh fuck, what's his name now? That massive prop fuck with a beard oh. and stuff. Oh, um, you're not talking about uh, you're not talking about Tommy Funa. No, not Tommy Funa. He was a white guy. Uh, Macintosh, oh, Jamie Mac. Yeah, I forgot we were talking about the Highlanders. Yeah, Jamie McIntosh. He was a he was a giant. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, you see, I just he just somehow endeared himself to me. Not that he seemed to have much kind of personality or whatever, but I was like, I like this guy. You just well, like the book. He was basically a hodor. Yeah, you may, maybe that's why. Maybe like it was a early. It was just. You've got a type, and you've got a type. He just <laughs> seems like he seems like a protector. Like if you got into a fight, he would just stand over you and defend your body. <laughs> they I want someone yeah, wants yeah, to be Little Spoon essentially is what he's saying I would be Jamie McIntosh's prison wife <laughs> okay <laughs> good good to know on that bombshell uh, so I, I just want to sorry I know this sounds very strange I just want to quickly make a quick mention of, of the Chiefs their front row just, just, just to solidify my case that they're going to finish third Nipalalana Karen Hames Milton Graham Moley the yep. big guy he's huge I'm just, I'm just pointing that out there. Yeah. They're going to finish third. Anyway, we to keep this train rolling, we're now on to the most exciting and least predictable team because they're so good that they're very interesting to talk about, the Hurricanes. Am I right? Am I right, guys? The Canes? Yeah. They're so good. It's a good they're job, yeah. Interesting to talk about. And Ben? Yeah, obviously I've been I've been watching some Canes highlights, so I've just had a massive Always. boner the whole day, which, you, is, yeah, which, is, which is totally worth it. They play your just, just, yeah. Honestly, this team, this team is just like filthy, especially the back line. It's, yeah. It's actually it's, fa- it's fantasy pornography. Like it really is. It's it's disgusting. But but I'll, I'll start I'll start with the with the ins and outs. So uh, props. They just lost uh, Lonnie Lonnie Ulula. Oh, oh, no, that's a, that's an H. Uhili Uhila. Uhila. Yeah, the Tongan bear. The, the, the Tongan bear, as he is known, he's gone to he's gone to France. I also see he boxes, which I don't know, and he, and he's lost one. Like I don't know. What, what, what I don't, great division I don't, is he? I want to see I want to see the person who beat him at boxing though, because that must be fucking. Yeah. Anyway, um, then uh, locks they've lost uh, two of their sort of their kind of journeyman veteran locks. Uh, Mark Abbott uh, has gone to Japan, and then. Uh, James Broadhurst has retired, yeah, so on. yeah, they gone. Um, then uh, they have also lost Callum Gillibans, who's gone to Glasgow. I think he might be targeting uh, playing for Scotland. And then um, what else? Scrumhoff. They lost Chris Smiley, and then a few other guys. But oh, they they lost TTT to the Chiefs. TTT. Oh, uh, then fly half in the in the most cunning deal ever. They got rid of Otero Black just because he just before he got injured. Then uh, centers they lost uh, Peter Aki. Do you know what I, I was reading up on Peter Aki? Do you know he played for Tonga under twenties? Then the next year he played for New Zealand under twenties. That's horseshit, eh? Oh. And now he's wow. there's, there's a, a development. There's player. a sketchy birth certificate somewhere. Yeah, like. Like that, that's 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 not on. Come on, that's that's a joke. Like, 
Okay, yeah. And then, anyway, finally, uh, on the wing, they lost while he used to be the bad boy of New Zealand rugby, but then Aaron Smith stepped up. Uh, they lost. They lost Corey Jane on the wing. He's gone to Japan to presumably make some money. Sure. Corey Jane is the reason I, I joined Twitter in the first place. So, Ben, tell us, uh, tell us more <laughs> okay, about the oh, Sorry. Uh, they got uh, they picked up Toby Smith from the Rebels. I've actually noticed a lot of Rebels players seem to have gone to New Zealand for whatever reason. Um, yeah, well, I don't know. Make, they had to make space for the sports players. Toby Smith yeah, is yeah, from New Zealand. Yeah, but it's to be New Zealanders actually coming back but they, they don't often get mentioned during the games as the New Zealander so I don't know maybe maybe um, maybe Australia are a bit embarrassed they have to prop up their rugby with New Zealanders so then, I've then just seen that he is actually Australian so he is actually Australian he, he went to high school I think in New Zealand and he played for a bunch of New Zealand clubs before the Rebels oh, but he is actually yeah. Australian Cool. Um, then in the locks, they've picked up Murray Douglas from the Rebels, who was kind of a bit of a fringe player there. And then they got a guy called Isaiah Walker Leeway, Leeway, something like that. I know. Apparently he's apparently he's quite good. He was New Zealand under twenty, and he's got a he's got a prospect there. Can you hear me, guys? Yes, we can. Yeah. yeah. Which oh, we're just in oh, yeah. Really, so, yeah, I was just about Isaiah Walker, whatever. Um, yeah, apparently he's a bit of a prospect, so yeah, look out for him. Apparently, then um, Gareth Evans is coming from the Highlanders, and then um, at fly half they've picked up Garden Bashop from the Rebels and Isaiah West from the Blues, who uh, are both who are both going to play behind uh, Bowden Barrett. So I'm not. I'm not quite sure there because they were both first choice at their respective teams, and now yeah, yeah uh, we've we've talked about this a few because every time one of these guys comes up, we we mention this whole thing, and then they've got a guy called Johan Lowe, who is no relation of mine, in case you were wondering, and and he is um. He's uh, just kind of through the system. But uh, in the warm-up game against the Crusaders, where obviously both teams don't, neither teams kind of go full strength, he scored a hat-trick against the Crusaders, which I don't think many people can say they have. So maybe he is a bit of a prospect. Uh, can, yeah, I, so, can I jump, jump in with a bit of a tidbit on Jonah Lowe? Yeah. He is the, he is the, brother, he is the brother of Carl Lowe. Oh, yeah. Um, who, and uh, who... <laughs> Who is the the namesake for our wooden spoon in the fantasy competition? In case you guys didn't know that, it is the Carl Lowe wooden spoon of shame, um, and that is named after Jonah Lowe's brother. Oh well, I don't know maybe, maybe he's. I think he's uh, quite good. Yeah, well, he's ben, rumored to I think be. Ben's just start, discovered a cousin. A star, a star to <laughs> watch uh, this season. I know he actually got three tries in a preseason game last week, so yeah, I definitely want to watch. But now, no, is that a? Is that a? Like a hat trick, like a barbarian's hat trick would be, where it doesn't actually count. Uh, no, I, you know, it's just, it just, it happened. So I'm just saying, you know. I don't think it'll count towards his like his official, his official numbers or whatever. Maybe, maybe uh, it'll count as like a first class game. I'm not sure actually. Yeah. I don't think so. It's a friendly. Yeah, it's a friendly. Yeah, probably not because it's not competitive. Mm. Um. 
Okay, yeah. So so generally I would say they they came out pretty they came out pretty even from the from the ins and outs. I would say they're a little bit a little bit thin at lock afterwards because um Abbott and Broadhurst were both kind of quite hard working locks, you know, they actually sort of they attended rucks. They did nothing flashy, but they you know, you need players like that on your team. So now I'm not I'm not really maybe this Isaiah Walker guy is um is, you know, ready for the hard stuff, but maybe so potential a potential weakness in sort of the, the engine pack of their the engine room of their of their scrum. But then apart from that they're looking they're looking pretty solid all round. Um yeah, I just I wrote here they they beat the Crusaders in preseason. And also one last tidbit from their website that their coach, um, Chris Boyd, he's leaving at the end of the season. Yeah. So maybe they'll maybe they'll want to try want to try give him a you know the, if there's enough to play for already. They mm. obviously they'll be extra extra motivated to win it this year. Just um, a few star players there. Oh, it's hard to it's hard to say star players. <laughs> they have, yeah, they yeah. Have any star players pick again? pick one or two. Pick one or two. <laughs> yeah, but but the the outside backs are just are just filth. Like um, like Jordy Barrett, Milner Scudder. He's Milner Scudder is he's only coming back in I think May. Jordy Barrett's just yeah big break. If if he wasn't. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking big, big things for him this season. Um, Julian Sevilla, you know, a bit too one-dimensional for All Blacks apparently, but he's a I don't know I wouldn't like to be in front of him, but mm. yeah. Um, then they got uh, Lamapi in the centres, who's also yeah he's fantasy gold. Vince Asso, not a bad player at all. Bowden Barrett, the world's best rugby player, which mm. yeah. who was that last one? Oh, oh. Odin Barrett. Yeah. Is that Scott? Is that Scott Barrett's brother? Yeah, a uh, brother of Scott and Jordy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and, like and, and 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 the fourth bonus Barrett, who you know hasn't played for the All Blacks yet, but I'm sure he will. Right. <laughs> Soon. Uh, I read it. There is an, there is another one. Hey, he plays flank or something. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a forward there somewhere. He might be an All Black. I think oh, we right. all know that there's, 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 I think we all know there's a fifth one that that no one knows about that's like locked in a basement somewhere. Yeah. There's there's the the, the Bowden sister that no one talks about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was watching I was watching the Seven City and I saw um, America as a guy called Barrett and I was like, oh, I bet you some are related. Like they have like they basically propping up world rugby single handedly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, okay, then um, Scrum Half, TJ Perinara, very, very good player. Yeah. Then in the in the Lucy's they got um, uh, Fafita. Oh, Vardis, uh, Fafita. Oh, oh, oh. He, he, he's, yeah. he's world yeah. class. I know he scored that Vinder try last year, but yeah. he's got the goods. This year could very well be. I know he was very good last year. So, sorry, I know I'm interrupting here, but I'm a big fan of his. This could really be a breakout oh, year no, for him. No. So take and over and Jerome apparently, apparently he's, he's gained like 12 kgs yeah. or something, yeah. but like his body at, meters is at the behest all the same. Of, at the behest of Steve Hansen. So, yeah, I've, he's one to watch this year, definitely. Yeah, and oh. then uh, Artie Sevilla as well, who... Oh, okay. you know, is, <laughs> he's okay. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. I, I, I think I've heard of him, yeah. But, but that's the thing, like, Arnie Sevilla is probably, like, the sixth or seventh best player in this team, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
Oh, yeah, Sevilla, uh, you sort of know him as that skinny cousin of Julian. Yeah, so so basic and and Dan Cole's debatably the best hooker in the world. He's, Jeffrey Dumont, they, they, he's injured, hey, for a big chunk of the start of competition. Is but, he? Yeah, but he's, been injured, he's done it. Huh? Okay, take it again. Let Ben yeah, drop Ben Cole in the first the... round. Yeah, the, uh, I'm going Ricky Ricky Telly now. Pay it back, bro. I saw for Amua. Yeah, he went on tour with All Blacks. He's an All Black now, and he barely played for them last year. He is also one to watch. I got, I got, I'm running I'm running rings around you, Ben. I warned you about this. I've done my research on the on the Canes by accident, so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bringing the heat you, here. You, 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 picked up, you picked up one one tidbit about Dan Cole. <laughs> yeah. <and> then, <laughs> okay, well, anyway, yeah, when sorry. Dan Cole comes back, he is very good. Yes. I would, I would say... I think a potential weakness here is um, is just too too many big big name players, and maybe yeah. like there's not enough space for all that all that kind of talent on the field. There won't be enough people kind of putting in the hard yards, crashing it up, attending rucks, securing the ball, stuff like that. But in terms of weaknesses, that's a that's a pretty good one to have, really. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that is the that is the Hurricanes for you. Uh, I just um, they actually have something I did note is they do have a pretty a pretty rough start to their season. So the, in, in terms of fixtures, because first they played the Bulls away at Loftus, yeah, which obviously which theoretically oh, hopefully yeah. is quite a tough game. Then straight away they played the Quagoares in um, next week they play the Quagoares in Argentina somewhere, and then they come home to play the Crusaders. So in terms of three games they're going to cover about 20,000 kilometers and then finish well, with the circumvent the globe they will go around yeah which is yeah they're going to lose a day or whatever mm-hmm. but that that's and then with the crusaders waiting at the end of that like they might battle to kind of get the get the start they want so yeah so pick hurricanes for your bench players in draft mm. oh. uh, thanks, thanks Matt good tip yeah, thanks, Brew. Yeah, so um, by about week four, there'll be a firing. Sure. Uh, well, I, I, just to be brief, I think the Canes are going to uh, top the conference. Ugh, I mean, you can flip a coin between them and the Hurricanes, but, I mean, as you said, there's just star power. I mean, they take a crap, and unless a Barrett pops out, he'll kick a probably, like, start for, you know, Wales, you know, and, and that, that's how good uh, the Hurricanes are. So first in, in the Hurricanes conference, but, as I said, very close between them and the Crusaders. I actually think they're going to come second. I think the Crusaders are going to go back to back at the top, um, and I don't really have a good reason for it, other than kind of what Ben was touching on with the uh, like the the hard stuff. The, the we know the Canes can do it um, flashy, but can they do it ugly? Um, I don't really think so. Unless I mean, okay, you guys said five feet to put on like 15 kilograms, which is fucking disgusting. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the Crusaders. They've got such a good pack. Um, their tight five is is really, really, really good, and I think that that's going to be enough for them to top the the New Zealand conference. I think. Matt, I can't remember. Did I say Crusaders were going to be number one? Uh, I think I, I did. I, I don't know. Uh, I think I did. So then that leaves me with number two for Hurricanes, and I think 
that's most probably a fair assessment. Just yeah, it's the it's the gap that's left open for them. And there it is, gentlemen. We've actually managed to preview every Super Rugby team, and uh, these previews will go out as part of our Super Rugby Advent Calendar. Uh, one coming out every day, folks. If you if you're not listening, so. Uh, now the team previews are covered. We're we're already over our mark um, again, so I'll I'll have to make a plan, guys. Jeez, you're just hitting me with so much knowledge. Very briefly, uh, Tootie's finally gone. Uh, we can all rejoice. So I think that that letter kind of sealed the deal. Any quick quick one word, like one sentence to add on that? I, I'm just saying, hallelujah, about time. Let's move on and uh, get back to uh, sorting out the box. Uh, I like. I think I'm I'm unhappy about the way it went. Um, okay. It didn't have to be like that, but. I'm glad that it's finally done, and yeah, just move ahead, basically. Um, yeah. I'm worried. Oh, sorry, sorry. Go for it, Ben. You're going to say something far more intelligent than I am. Yeah, probably not. But um, I'm I'm worried that this obviously already South African rugby is riddled with riddled with politics. Like it's. You know, there they are like um, political appointments, blah, blah, blah. And it, like, it, it becomes nasty at times. And I'm just worried that the kind of the, the splash, not a splash, the splash is sort of a positive thing. The, the ruckus Tutti created when he was leaving has kind of opened the door for, for the politicians to have a reason to step in. Mm. And, I, and mm. I, do, I do think that could that could result in something very negative like where where the fans are the fans really turn on turn on not not the team necessarily but turn on SA rugby which which you know obviously the the only people who lose out is ultimately the players in situations like that yeah so i'm just i'm 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 worried that there are going to be bigger kind of political shudderings about this i know obviously uh, tars kind of got his nose to the ground more, more on these things but yeah it's, it's a concern of mine I actually think we'll be okay I think his uh, his shitty win rate uh, kind of made him lose any political coverage if let me say the powers that be wanted him to stay he he would have stayed um, I think so I don't, I don't think there'll be too, too many rumblings about that but I think as you indicated neither party has been shown to uh, walk away from this with any, any glory uh, Matthew sorry you were going to say something yeah, it's without it's essentially just going to repeat what everyone else has said, so it's fine. All right, fair. And uh, you guys watched a bit of Six Nations. Just a final thought on that before we wrap up. I, I watched it all. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, see, teachers, no. teachers, weekend. I'm Northern Hemisphere expert. It was so hot here, yeah, like I was. Oh, it was unplayable. Um, yeah. Um, quite um wales kind of just completely fucked up scotland like um scotland weren't wales played well but scotland also played badly like a lot of drop balls a lot of kind of just looked like kind of confusion and attack like three players kind of trying to run into the same channel and stuff so yeah but but in all fairness wales wales did play well like and 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 they gave scotland a fair smack um then can I talk? Should I talk about the next one, or do we yeah, want to no, discuss no, it? No, go, no, go ahead, please. We have, we have then, nothing to add. Yeah. Uh, Ireland, yeah. Ireland, France was a was a gritty old game. It kind of it rained a bit in France, and it it kind of it became a it became a classic a classic test match. You know, like 
there, there was one try the whole... France scored the only try, but um, Johnny Sexton kicked an 82nd-minute drop goal to win from about 40, 45 metres out. So, uh, was, yeah, it was... Have you, honestly, seen, have you guys seen that highlight? It was, it was fucking crazy. And just before that, there was like a build-up of something like 40 your, phases. Your it was really stupid. Like phases they, they, or something. Yeah, they went through 38 phases, and they only advanced 30 meters um, because the the French were like so dead set on on not giving away a territory or a penalty, and that, that's how disciplined they were. And the whole thing was kickstarted, if I'm not mistaken, by a fucking ambitious crossfield kick by Sexton. It was after the Hooter had basically gone. He kicked a crossfield kick for territory uh, gain when they were behind, which is just mental. Like no one else would would do that and if they did they just wouldn't be successful yeah. somehow it paid off and then they went through the next however 30 phases to get into position for him to slot a, 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 again very ambitious drop goal like it wasn't an easy drop goal um, so yeah crazy finish to what is apparently otherwise a very dull game um, but yeah sorry I think I've been sorry been guys back. I cut there so, so Ben we just finished uh, adding on to your Ireland mm. France uh, rundown. So, do you want to brief us on England, Italy? Oh, so sorry. J- just, just one more quite controversial thing that happened. Um, one of the the French scum half. I don't know his name. You know, they go through scum halves. Um, but he took a he took a blatant knee injury. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then then he went he went off the field. But this was like I don't know it was like seventy fourth minute or whatever. So he was the replacement scum half anyway. So now, then they wanted to. No, it was right the, in the beginning. No, no, right no, 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 no. This was this was towards the end now. So, so they scrum, but then they wanted to bring on the the utility back now. They wanted to bring on the twenty three. Okay. Okay, and then somehow it it was decided that this guy who'd obviously taken a knock on the knee was going for a head injury assessment. Uh, because so, like, so you can come back on. Yeah. You won't no no so 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 then they can bring on the sub. Like like the the guy wasn't gonna play anymore, his knee was fucked. But uh, they they did it basically so because he was now off for an uh off for an injury um AKA. like a temp injury or whatever, then they can bring on a sub. But otherwise if he just got injured and then they'd remade the sub, they would have ha- they would have had to play with fourteen men. Oh, uh, so, so that- they bring back on they bring back on a player who'd already gone off. Yo, who'd already gone off? Uh, gee, that sounds pretty scaly. Yeah, because oh, so, I remember so, seeing this, though, because the physio on the field kept saying, no, it's just a knee, it's just a knee. And you just heard this voice from, like, the sideline, no, he needs to go for an HIA. Yeah, yeah, so, so then, so then the, the stadium doctor, who I presume is French, yeah. kind of came on and sort of said, no, it's a, he's going, he must go for a head injury assessment. But then, then watching it, like... It had nothing to do with his head, so it was a bit sort of so dodgy. I don't, I don't know. It left it left a bit of a, and then Sexton got involved, which I don't think helped. I think honestly, if if he'd kept quiet, like it probably and kind of let the ref sort of take charge of the situation, it probably would have been better for it. Probably would have been better for the situation, but yeah. Anyway, he didn't, and it ended up that they that it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter in the end. I guess Ireland still won, but. It does sort of this head injury assessment thing is open to a bit of manipulation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just a quick word. I know uh, England apparently smashed uh, Italy. Yeah, no, but it wasn't. It 
they in the last kind of 15 minutes they ran in like four tries but uh, it, was, it was a it was a pretty it was quite weird it was quite weird though because when the game got scrappy you know as games inevitably do yeah. it sort of it favored england a lot more than it favored italy which i would say traditionally a scrappy game would favor italy and england would england would be better playing to their structure so maybe it's a I guess it's only Italy again, but maybe this is sort of indicative of the new the new sort of mold of England. Like they're playing some good little offloads, and like it was it was quite nice rugby to watch towards the end actually. Okay, yeah. um, all right. I don't know if there's any other thoughts, gentlemen. Uh, we've just gone over for an hour. Well, it's uh, about hour ten. That might end up below an hour. Going go to wrap it up for uh, another episode of Elite Rugby Banter. So. Uh, gentlemen, thank thank you for your time. As always, Ben, thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Adam. Yeah, that was very soft. Um, yeah, his, his energy sorry. is just dropped. Yeah, jeez, sorry, sorry, my bad. Uh, Matthew, thank thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, God damn it, uh, Alex, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Adam. He wants that high energy. He wants to leave no, a There's no a high energy. Night. Zero high energy. All right. Th- thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Or hear you next week. Or <laughs> whatever. Bye. <laughs>